Well, hello, I am back sitting here in my dorm room. <laughs> Just gonna address that right off the bat. I have a feeling the acoustics are gonna be a little weird because it is the smallest dorm room I've ever seen in my life and it's all brick and just feels like the sounds are bouncing off the walls. Really hope during the uh, school year, they don't put two students in this tiny little room, smallest dorm room I've ever seen. But hey, I'm happy to be at camp. Hot couple days, looks like it's gonna cool down. I am recording this Saturday around noon. I've watched two practices and have done radio shows during them and after, as well as a night show last night. So in full, uh, full form here, digging in during these uh, acclimation period here in Latrobe. It's been a blast and I'm psyched to be back. Um, I just have, you know, 10 bullet points or so, things I've noticed through two days. And I want to start with Patrick Peterson. And it wasn't a lot of snaps. It was just a few from what I saw. It's kind of tough because I'm on the air. I'm not like I'm charting things because I'm going live. But he definitely played some safety. He played some too high shell. And I think that's really intriguing because he's kind of alluded to this a little bit, at, you know, at his press conference when they signed him. He's big. He's smart. Very much the Charles Woodson, Rod Woodson mold where – you could certainly see the transition late in his career to safety, maybe even a big nickel at times. I don't know how much they'll use it, but the fact that you saw it, I thought was really encouraging. I've been a little concerned about safety depth. And if he can do it, which I'm sure he can, to be very honest with you, just gives you a lot more options. And they play so much dime. Dime could be three safeties, three corners, or it could be four corners, two safeties. But what if he's a little bit of both? You know what I mean? Maybe that allows Minka to sneak down and play man coverage against Mark Andrews or Blitz or get in a slot or whatever. KZ's very capable of doing those things. So it was one of the things I've been really on my to-do list to get here was, is Peterson going to do more than just line up in the outside, you know, Darrell Revis, Deion Sanders mold? And the answer is definitely yes. And frankly, I shouldn't have used those two examples because that's the player Peterson used to be. And I still think he can do some of that stuff. But he's not going to press Jamar Chase, you know, Amari Cooper, 60 snaps a game and leave him on an island. I mean, that's not how they're going to use this guy. They're going to use him a lot and his leadership and all those things are very evident. So to me, that's my biggest single takeaway. You can also see he obviously has an effect on Joey Porter Jr., the rest of the secondary, the whole team, the whole defense. Porter is starting to stand out. He's working really hard. He's very impressive to watch live. You know, I mean, seeing his body is unbelievably impressive for what corner. Uh, he's working afterwards. Him and Minko were doing uh, ball drills with the tennis ball to get you, you know, find the ball. I mean, it's a little bit hard to describe, but um, you'd flip your hips around, find a tennis ball, grab it. And, and him and Minko were doing that the other day. Pretty interesting stuff. You can kind of see a Porter Pickens rivalry brewing, which makes all the sense in the world. You know, they're both young dudes, both kind of the same body type, the big physical guys. Pickens loves to block and mix it up. And they've mixed up, you know, they've had some words and had some physicality between them. That one's starting to heat up. Maybe we'll get more and more of that. Again, I've only seen two practices. So I thought that was impressive. Um, sticking with the secondary here. Sullivan is the first team slot corner right now. And I think that makes all the sense in the world. 
They do have some other options there. Again, you know, make a Casey Peterson even could do some of that stuff. I have no problem with Sullivan. I think he's fine. I think he'll do just fine at that role. But I didn't make a note that Elijah Riley just keeps showing up. You know, I mean, I, I think he could blitz out of the slot. He got his hands on a football with a pick the other day and made some plays. Elijah Riley is a guy that could make this team. I mean, maybe he needs an injury to do it. Who knows? But just some more secondary notes here as well. Uh, I mentioned Minka. He, he was out the, yesterday. Fr- uh, I guess that's Friday. I saw Thursdays and Friday's practice. But he still did the stuff after. He's fine. They just kept him out, you know, cautionary. It was a hot day, all that good stuff. But with him out, it was Neil and KZ as the starting safeties. And Neil did some too high stuff too. I mean, he's not just Cam Chancellor, you know, I and mean, I think that's what they want him to do. I mean, he's going to be better near the line of scrimmage than off. But if Mink goes out, those are going to be the two starting safeties. KZ would be more the free. Neil would be more the strong. But I think they're getting away from that. I don't think they want, this is the free, this is the strong, you know, Earl Thomas, Cam Chancellor. I think they want interchangeable, you know, that the guys in Buffalo, for example. And it's just harder to get a bead on them. So I thought that was interesting as well. And then my last offensive note is Herbig, the rookie. Um, this phase favors him, in my opinion, in that he's a little smaller. He, he's not going to take on tackle tight end double teams at the point of attack with Najee Harris running right at him or a fullback or something because it's just not the, the physicality is not allowed yet. But – his get off, I mean, the pass rush stuff is really good. You know, the pat, I mean, he's gets off the ball really quick, uses his hands very well, and is very low through his pass rush path, which I think is a great sign. It's just like check number one, you know, like he's doing it at the acclimation period. Let's see if he can handle the physicality as we, you know, next week starting Tuesday. And then how does that translate to the preseason? So just favorable stuff from him. And you know, now, you, now you have four outside linebackers, edge guys that are contributors. So all that's my defensive stuff. I'll be back here in a moment. Here we go. All right, some offensive personnel notes I think you'll find interesting. The running back usage. So this is going to be more seven-on-seven stuff, more passing stuff, more finesse stuff. You're not going to line up in the eye old school with two tight ends and mash people in the acclimation period. But they are coming out of the huddle very often in empty. You know, whether they're in 12 personnel or 11 personnel, they come out in empty a lot with the running back detached. Now they'll often motion him back to the backfield. Sometimes they don't, you know, I, I think that that is a clear indicator that they want to get these guys out more, but I mean, it doesn't mean you're not going to run the, I mean, if you come out and empty, you still have a little running threat with Pickett, but obviously the, the in, when it's all said and done, the running backs are going to line up in the backfield at the snap way more than not, but they're moving them around a lot. It doesn't matter who it is, 
but it seems like particularly Warren and McFadden, which brings me to the next thing here is you're also seeing a little dabble with pony packages, you know, with two running backs on the field at the same time. Now you would assume when, when the bulls are flying for real, that is Najee and Warren. But I think McFarland's not a throwaway in this offense. I'm not saying he's a gadget guy, but I think that they have a a plan for him. And it might be with Najee on the field. You know, he often is detached. He could be the jet sweep guy. So keep an eye on all that. Um, I always rave about Fryermuth, but I think he's moving and performing very, very well. Just when you isolate on him, it's like, wow, he's a really good player. And which leads me to something that I've complained about a lot. And who knows if it'll translate to games, but through two practices, I am very happy seeing more middle of the field passing concepts, more in-breaking routes from slots outside receivers or slots or tight ends sitting down in the middle of the field or hooking to the middle of the field. Allen Robinson out of the slot certainly qualifies. Hayward, they move all over. Connor Hayward, of course. But he's over the middle of the field with in-breaking routes and after-the-catch ability. So, after two practices, I'm very encouraged with maybe this passing game realizes they have to attack the middle of the field more. I'm hoping so. Should have said this to start the show, but um, O-line, D-line stuff is really tough. You know, they're going to do drills. They're going to do individual. Yeah, they'll do some run concepts. They'll do some pass stuff. But the D-line has to hold up and, you know, obviously isn't going to plow through the quarterback. The O-line can't go 100% with their physicality. So, like, while Herbig was beating Dan Moore, I'm not going to kill Dan Moore for that yet because he can't quite go, you know, full-blown, you know, kill the guy type thing. So, O-line, D-line stuff until Tuesday. Please take with a grain of salt from what you hear, read, see, whatever. But two things of note from the rookies is it's just a little, but you like to see that Benton, I don't think they look at him just as a 3-4 nose in base when they're in their 3-4. I mean, it looks like when they're nickel package and, dime, and maybe even the dime package, I'd have to double check that, that they think he can contribute. I mean, he's not going to unseat Cam and Ogunjobi likely. But he, he, they're not just using him only in base, you know, so he, they're looking at him as a multifaceted D tackle, not just Casey Hampton, which I love to see. That's the same way I saw the player coming out of Wisconsin as well. And lastly, the first round pick Jones. Um, again, I'm not going to take too much away from it, but I, you saw this in minicamp as well. Just him as a puller, a mover, a big athlete is super impressive. I mean, he moves much different than any of their offensive linemen. His upside is tremendous. I'm really excited, as is everyone, of course. He's the first-round pick to watch him when things are really live and things start heating up on Tuesday. But in terms of the athlete, the moldable clay, it's all all there for Jones. So, um, probably won't get back to you guys I would think Monday, but I had the little window here. I hadn't talked to you all last week, so I wanted to get something in your earbuds in the meantime. And um, there you have it. Over and out. Take care.